Harry, I have no idea where this will lead us, but I have a definite feeling it will be a place both wonderful and strange. Testing, levels testing, da 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 ba da da ba ba da ba ba da ba 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 Here, I'm just... look okay? Let me skate up a little bit, because I don't plan on making any... Well, I don't plan on it. I could be wrong. Making any loud noises, too. All right. You're very chill today. I've become one with the trees. Yeah. The trees have... They have, like... No time for these loud noises nowadays. They just Are you wearing like a like a very I just, chill I, like I, cardigan? I just become a tree in front of you like <laughs> Oh my god, Eric just became a tree. <laughs> I wish that everyone could see this. I'm gonna take a picture of me becoming a tree. Should you do a video of me becoming a tree? Oh, do I need does a it, video? Well, does it here wait. I'm going to tweet that out. If everyone wants to see Eric becoming a tree, you can just um, go to our Twitter page. It's uh, Same Peaks, y'all. Actually, it's at Same Team, y'all, on Twitter. And you're going to see Eric becoming a tree. It's majestic. His, his... All I'm going to say, I'm like tearing up right now. I feel like I, I feel like I did become a tree just then. Oh my gosh. Hashtag grown man crying. It's already started. Oh, I almost forgot. I had an idea too. Um, I was going to do, I haven't done this yet, but I want to make a Spotify playlist of songs that make me cry. I thought nice. that would be really fun. I got a long list. So. Yeah. If you, if you are a Spotify listener... Yeah. Uh, Eric and I are on Spotify. I believe our username is Same Team Y'all. If you same search for Same Team Y'all on Spotify, you'll find a few playlists that we've created. Yeah. Um, yeah, check it out. Tess, I'm all confused now. Are we doing peaks or team? We're doing peaks. Yeah. Um, this is Same Peaks, y'all, everybody. The podcast where Eric turns into a tree <laughs> and we just talk about Spotify playlists. No. It's the pl- it's the podcast where Eric and I, as two librarian geeks, mm-hmm. talk about the TV show Twin Peaks once every few weeks, and I really love the television show Twin Peaks. I don't think I can call myself a super fan after that conversation no. we had with Jr. I, I, last last episode. I didn't want to say anything like Jr. like entered like. Like another level, right? He was like Jeff Goldblum level, <laughs> Twin Peaks. Is that what knowledge. I seem like when I start talking about trees? The um, we you and I haven't had a chance to actually listen to that episode yet. 
No. It's out and about. You guys can listen to it. We it just posted at, at, at the, time of yeah. recording. I literally just posted it like ten minutes ago. But I mean I gotta tell you, it was a lot of fun. JR is a really cool guy. He's right? an awesome guy. And he knows a lot about Twin Peaks and he read a lot of books that I haven't read. And I would just say I love Twin Peaks, but JR takes it to a whole new level. Well, Let's me- give him some snaps. And also, JR, if you're listening, thanks so much for being on our cast, right? Indeed. And and being a part of uh being a part of the fun. And thanks for tolerating our singing. Yep. I think <laughs> I have to go back and listen to episode, but I think JR was just barely tolerating our shenanigans the whole time. Another you know? thing he'll probably barely tolerate is the audio quality on my episode. Remember everybody, this podcast is for Fonzies and Freezies. You got it. And um the audio isn't superb, but it's it's okay, it's out there. And the next time JR joins us, because JR told us he wanted to come back, if he yeah. doesn't change his mind. If he doesn't change his mind, we're gonna really get it together yeah. and record a very professional podcast. Yeah, we've got for a whole all. a whole team of interns lined up. <laughs> there's there's one whole intern who just pokes me with a stick when I go off on a tangent or start to sing. So Jr., I I hired that intern just for you. Um, but you know, it, I I feel kind of bad because that episode. Like the whole bit with the drawer pull at the end. Yeah. I, so I've had a new rule. You know how I usually watch it first thing in the morning before Indeed. we come in today? Yeah. I don't think I was in the right frame of mind for that episode mm. because I saw I saw Josie and I saw the door drawer pull. <laughs> I never made that connection. I was like, but. I was like, but from now on, I'm going to watch it the night before. Oh, and see so you have some time to, I have my, to, to simmer on Because I yeah. think I would have made that connection before. Like, if I had a little bit more time to kind of simmer and be like, oh, she's stuck in the drawer pool. Okay. Um, but I didn't last time. So then, like, when we did our episode, I felt bad because Jared was all excited, right? He yeah. was like, this is the the pivotal moment of the cast. And I it was is, like... It is. It's a big moment. And you know, what, you know what that moment did? For me, it went... The first, right over your head. First time. Yeah. Yeah. I rewatched it. Again, I was like, oh, clearly she's in the drawer pool. You see it now, like, once you know it. Um I I did a, I had a moment when um we were watching when uh, Eckerd says something to the effect of like I've got a plan for Harry and it's just like a throwaway uh line and I was like I don't know what he's talking about I've forgotten all of the times the many times that I have watched Twin Peaks I've forgotten this particular plot point and when I said something like I don't know what he's talking about Jr was like yeah wink wink nudge nudge and I was like. Oh, then I remembered. I was like, man, JR really puts me to shame. He remembers a lot more about how about why don't specific we, episodes than I do. You can still be Tess the super fan, right? <laughs> and I'm Eric the new fan who is who is consuming these episodes as we do this cast. But JR, he can be He's the next level. Next level fan. Next level fan. Next level fan. Yep. Oh. Just, some people just have those personalities though that like maybe he's about that about multiple things you know like he's just I have so a feeling he is deep into the story he can tell us like why Josie's hands are so beautiful yeah you know? this is the JR cast by the way yeah. we just this is where we just talk about how cool JR is the, I know uh, I know he was really cool yeah speaking of cool guys yeah our, our best friend Chris mm-hmm. Uh, who runs our Facebook page. Thanks, if, Chris. If you want to, if you're on Facebook, and if you're not, that's cool too. But if you're on Facebook, you can like 
the same Peaks Y'all Facebook page that is run by best friend of the podcast, Mm -hmm. Chris. Yeah. And you can check us out there. Yeah. Uh, before, I know we got a lot of pre, pre-show pre stuff we need to take care of, but before we get into the episode... Do you want to talk about our contest? Guys, guys, we got a contest coming up here, and it's going to be... What What are we naming this? Oh, here it is. Uh, guys, we're starting a contest called the Same Peaks Y'all Win Eric and Tessa's Secret Diaries Contest. <laughs> Boom. So, if we have any new listeners, uh, welcome. Thank you, but... Uh, uh, any returning listeners, you know that Tess always keeps a notebook where she writes down the description of the episode, like all of her notes. And as we go through those episodes together, uh, she highlights them with the mysteries. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of random uh, uh, notes and tidbits in them. Wouldn't you love a chance to win those secret diaries? You'll also win Thank you. an Amazon gift card. And a same peaks y'all pin yeah. that you can wear and show your same peaks y'all love to the world. So we are on of uh, Twin Peaks. We're on episode season two, season two, episode, episode 17. seventeen. This is when you ask me. Did you watch this episode? I did. Excellent. Um, and so when we're done this podcast, we will have like a veritable omnibus of journals <laughs> that, to be honest. You've put a lot of work into, <laughs> but I would f- be remiss to throw in the trash, right? You know? And so, I haven't thrown them in the trash yet. You asked me, like, do you have those old notebooks you wrote so, in? I was like, I actually do. I friends, pulled them out. Friends, <laughs> right now, at now. So we're, um, I forget, like, since we started labeling our Twin Peaks episodes, like, with the episode of the, I can't remember what number we're at with Peaks, mm-hmm. you know, but at the point that we're at, we're at. Two and a half journals full of notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get... So when we're done, especially when we get to the return, maybe, (laughs) maybe we won't return, uh, we're going to have a whole slew of notebooks. So if you would like to participate in the same peaks, y'all, win Eric and Tessa's secret diary contest, what do they have to do, Tess? You have to email us. That's all you have to do. Email us at samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Every email per episode is an entry to win. We'll be keeping track of who emails us. <laughs> and, uh, you, and you can email... Um, Email us, like, your thoughts on the episode. Mm-hmm. Email us any fun theories that you had while you were watching the show. Any thoughts you have about the cast itself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really, you anything can, under the sun. You can email us and tell us we're garbage if you want. That's okay. You, Just, can, you can email us and tell us about how to pronounce lozenges. Oh, um, oh you man. Can, you can email us just to say, hi, um... You know, I, uh, I I listen to your podcast and I want to enter the contest. That counts as well. I just dawned on me, Tess, is that this contest will literally run for years. It, it might. <laughs> right? Because, yeah. I mean, really, so this is a, usually a fortnightly podcast, sometimes yeah. a little less, sometimes a little more. We still got episodes ahead of us. We do. We have lots and, of episodes. And a movie and some books. So Indeed. we don't know exactly when this contest will end, but it starts... Now, now at date at date of posting, this is when it starts. 
And like Tess said, you just shoot us an email. Uh, that counts you as an entry. In the end, we'll l list them all up, throw them in a random number generator, and the big old winner wins a couple of giant old notebooks with all kinds of exciting notes about St. Peaks and extra bonus footage. A, a few bonus notes. A, a couple bo bonus notes involving probably grocery lists <laughs> and uh, and notes about questions to ask doctors and all kinds <laughs> yeah. of all kinds of goodies. You know, yeah. I would include my notes as well, but they are illegible or or blank. So <laughs> mine aren't that much more legible, but you know what? It's for it's for the fans to decide. It's for the mega if you want to oh, win, uh, Chris, friend of the cast, these would look real nice <laughs> on it, your on your Twin Peaks shrine. Oh he bite. He wouldn't defile that beautiful beautiful display <laughs> no. he's got in his house Probably with it. He'll just put it like off to the side. They'd be the books that you thumb through in the bathroom every once in a while. <laughs> so yeah, if you want to win the Secret Diaries and an Amazon gift card yeah. and a Twin Peaks pin, yeah. then uh, shoot us an email. Samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Eric, got it. do you want to be the log lady in this episode? Every night before I go to sleep, I imagine that I'm the log lady. Actually, I imagine I'm the log in the log lady's hands. I would be happy to do this. There you go. There we go. <clears throat> Sometimes we'll... S Wait. Start over. Well, let's... Sometimes... Oh, that's a well. Got it. <clears throat> Take two. Brett, edit this out. <laughs> Sometimes, well, let's say all times, things are changing... We are judged as human beings on how we treat our fellow human beings. Should we do take three? Take three, Brett. Edit this out. He's not going to edit it out, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes, well, let's say all times, things are changing. We are judged as human beings on how we treat our fellow human beings. How do you treat your fellow human beings? At night, just before sleep, as you lay by yourself in the dark, how do you feel about yourself? Are you proud of your behavior? Are you ashamed of your behavior? You know in your heart, if you have hurt someone, you know. If you have hurt someone, don't wait another day until making things right. The world could break apart with sadness in the meantime. Oh. Do I still get snaps after three takes? Yeah, yeah, because that third take, that was, <laughs> that that take. was a great take. Well, bro. you know, I'm pretty sure even uh, Chris Hemsworth has a couple extra takes he's got to do <laughs> before he nails that. I'm going to throw my hammer. <laughs> oh, boy. What did you think of that log lady intro? I thought it was pretty good. I feel like she may be speaking to a transformation that we are witnessing on this television show of Mr. Benjamin Horn as he... You think transforms so? into a new human being, perhaps. Well, he does mention in this episode about... Trying to scrub his conscience, right, yeah. and he, uh, becoming aware of things that um, that he's done before that are not very good. So yeah. we'll talk about that in yeah. our next segment, uh, which is uh, in which I shall uh, recap the episode. <laughs> and Eric will fill in with his color commentary, yeah. and I will also have my handy dandy highlighter to highlight any mysteries yeah. that we come across. Uh. You've got that highlighter ready, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Very nice. So this is season two, episode seven. The arbitrary title is Wounds and Scars. 
Mm. I feel like we do see some wounds and some scars in this episode. So good I job, good job, Germans. That's a good good job, Germany. Snaps to Germany for the for that title. Um, so it starts off with a montage of Harry yeah. and Josie. Um, there's this like smooth sax jazz music, and and it's like it's like a montage, and then it's like. Uh, inter- interposed with like this spinning glass yeah. that Harry is maybe just drunk some whiskey And he's kind of like playing around with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's in the bookhouse. Um, Which, by the way, has a sign. Does it really? I yeah, didn't even notice the, that. The, it, not in this scene. Later on, I don't know exactly when it is. What does when the sign say? The bookhouse. Oh, dear. It's on top. For a secret society, that's probably not... Uh, I mean, an excellent yeah, it has a sign. It's later in the idea. episode when they when they revisit Harry S. Truman. Yeah. There's a sign up there that says the book house. And I was like. <laughs> Is it a sign inside? No, it's up on the roof. It's up on the roof. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. not lit up, but it's just like a wooden sign up on, up on the roof. If I'm mistaken, friends, uh, Chris, friend of the cast, JR. Um, Chris Lozenge. Chris Lozenge, thank you. These are all of our friends. <laughs> Let me know, because, I mean, that's really weird for a little secret club, right? Yeah, yeah. that is super weird. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice that. Um, a hawk has come to bring Harry some breakfast mm-hmm. straight from the R diner. Um, he's given him an update, because I guess Harry has been out of it since Josie passed. He looks out of it. He's out of it, and Hawk is like, yeah, we're working on this very important chess game. Um, and Harry's like, yeah, you and Coop can handle it. And he's, he seems so depressed in this scene. He's like, yeah, you guys can handle it. We live in a really simple town. Or at or least we used, used to. Be. He Not only is he depressed, but he's got like a, I mean, depression is one thing, but he's like smiling like he's got like that. There's no point to anything, kind yeah. of, which is really kind of scary. And he's you like know? reflecting upon scary his... as far as for him as a character, like right. what is he going to do to himself? And he's reflecting upon his his town, which he clearly loves, and he's like, I think he says something like, "I guess the world finally caught up yeah. with us" or something. And I'm like, oh my god, Harry, you are having an existential crisis. Like, I just feel so bad for him in this scene. Um, well, this whole episode, really, but we'll get to that later. Um, we introduce a new character. Are you excited for this? Another yeah. new character? Yeah. There's two new characters mm-hmm. in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is played by Heather Graham. Did you recognize her? So I was, so I did recognize that I recognized her, but I didn't know who she was because I'm yeah. looking at her because she's younger, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm looking at her. I was like, how do I know this person? She's very young in Twin Peaks. And when you're watching TV and you go, how do I know this person? What do you do, Tess? You Google that? You Google it. Yeah. But today I, I didn't, or yesterday, because I watched it yesterday night, because I was worried that it would give me information about like how many episodes she was oh. in, Twin Peaks and stuff like that. I didn't oh, wanna... right. Because you would have to Google like Twin Peaks Annie. Yeah. And then you would and you would probably get spoilers. Because I did that with The Giant. And remember, I got kind of a minor spoiler about him appearing in certain things I didn't know if he would appear okay. in. You know, so I didn't. So I didn't realize it was Heather Graham. Yes, that's Heather Graham. Heather Graham from The Spy Who Shagged Me fame. <laughs> She's in that. Mm-hmm. She was. Mm-hmm. Also, I think, unfortunately, the thing I know her best from is the movie Boogie Nights. Have you seen that movie? (laughs) (laughs) I think I have a long time ago. Yeah. She played Roller Girl in Boogie Nights. She was also in the Hangover movies, which I personally love the Hangover movies. That's right. She's um... She's the the guy he married, the guy marries her in Las Vegas, the dentist, I think, Andy Helms. Um, But yeah. Yeah. 
So she, that's Heather Graham. She's like a for real actress. And here she is very young. No offense to the rest of the cast of Twin yes. Peaks. But um, <laughs> but she's actually kind of a, a, a legit actress. And uh, like I, this, this, um, this part of the show, I feel like is like the Billy Zane, Heather Graham era of yeah. Twin Peaks. Like when I think about these episodes, <laughs> I mainly think about how, like how random is it that both Billy Zane and Heather Graham, Billy Zane, who I wouldn't really call a legit movie star, but he has been in some, some big movies. There was a uh, <laughs> tangent alert. There was like a made for TV, either made for TV movie, or it was, you know how some TV shows like especially like early 2000s or 90s would start with like a made for TV movie just like Twin yes, Peaks kind of and then lead into it and there was one with Billy Zane where he was like a karate expert okay. <laughs> I wish I I wish I knew the names of it but this always sticks with me like when I think of Billy Zane I think of Titanic and then I think of this movie where he's a karate expert just walking around shaved head Billy Zane yes. with his arms behind his back like Morpheus kind of ninja yeah. style and I don't, I've never watched it other than like I watched like one clip of it and it's just stuck with me that like when I think of Billy Zane, I think of Titanic. Billy Zane, this karate. Billy Zane show. is still acting. Good on him. Like I've, uh, he's in some like CW show, I think. And then Brett also sort of recently saw a movie with him. It was not a great movie, but he, I think he watched the whole thing, and it was like, it was something about like a, a husband and a wife, and there's cheating, and I think they're on an island. I'm, I'm, this is bad podcasting. I don't know what the yeah, title of the okay. movie is. But I was just like surprised to find out that Billy Zane is still out there. He's rocking it. So in he's, conclusion, Billy Zane's still doing it. He's still Heather doing Graham's it. still doing stuff too. Heather right? Graham is still doing it too. Good Man. for them. Kyle McLaughlin's had a little bit of a resurgence in his career. He was in the um, the house with the clock in the wall. Yes, very silly. that's right. And he was very. He's he's just recently popped up in a Netflix film, a Netflix original film that is getting a lot of um um uh chatter and no i think it's called high flying bird it's Mm. a it's a movie about basketball but he's not birds no it's a it's Mm. a movie about i believe it's Mm. about basketball and he he's he plays like i think a team owner or something but it's getting a lot of buzz because i believe it's (laughs) believe it's steven soderbergh who directed it and i thought you were gonna say he plays a team like it's just a whole team (laughs) Of Kyle McLaughlin, and he's called the team. And I would, I would watch that. <laughs> that movie. would be like it's a multiplicity type situation. So like the last clone is like eating pizza out of his wallet. Kyle McLaughlin also has. He's also a. I don't know what you call this, but a person who makes wine. He has his own like winery. Mm. Uh, if you guys are looking for an easy entry into the contest, send us an email. Tell us, what's a maker of wine called? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it, let's take guesses right now. What do you call a maker of wine? Oh, I think it's called a Vinter. Vinter? I don't know. Maybe I'm, gonna, I'm wrong now. I'm going to say that's called a, mm, a winey A. <laughs> A whiny A. A whiny A. Like, you know, my dad used to be a whiny A, so I know a thing or two. We'll update you in the next episode what the actual term is. Anyways, that was a long tangent to talk about Heather Graham. Well, it's a big deal. Her name is... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, she's a very pretty lady. She's very, very Gorgeous smile. Gorgeous smile. Very pretty. Little smiles. Like, not like right up the... They're little, and then you're like, ooh. I want to see more of that smile. I'm going to see more of that smile, Heather Graham. 
I want to see more of that smile. Uh, but she plays Norma's sister, Annie. And we get, like, this little reunion between them. We learn a little information. Um, we know that Norma does not have a good relationship with her mom. Mm-hmm. We find out that Annie also does not have a very good relationship with their mom. So no one has a very good relationship with their mom. Um, and we, <laughs> we find out, well, you know, some moms... A shout out to all the moms out there, but not all moms are good moms. And apparently Norma and Annie's mom is not up to snuff. Um, she's fresh from the convent. Yeah. She was living in a convent. I guess she was becoming a nun. Um, they don't really say what kind of convent she was from, but she, uh, she's been there so long, she almost forgot how to use money. So it's, it's been a while. She's been... And she doesn't look that old either. So she must no. have joined the convent like, when at she a was really very young, young age. Yeah. yeah. Or they're trying to make her seem older than she is because she does look very young. Go ahead and highlight her. First highlight of the episode. Highlight her in the convent. Because I think I, I got a little something that just occurred to me because I'm thinking about. Do we know what year this episode came out? I'm say 91, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay, maybe. maybe we can Theory might up. not pan out, but that's okay. Okay. Um, but she's very uh, staunchly against Norma. Uh, seeing her as a charity case. She's like, I want to work for whatever you're giving me. If you're letting me stay with you, I'm going to work for it. And Norma's like, don't worry, I'll put you to work. Is it Anne or Annie? Annie. 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 Um, I'm picturing that smile right now. Annie. (laughs) I feel like Billy Zane now going, "Mm, Mm, Annie. Annie, you're looking so young. (laughs) Well, Annie in my mind right now is a grown woman. Yes. Not a young girl. Yes, I think she is portrayed as a grown woman yeah. on the show. Like I, I believe I hope, she's meant to be. I think maybe like Shelley's age, like maybe early twenties. Uh, okay, well maybe I'll stop that thinking. I'm like an old man now. <laughs> Knock it off, Eric. Be respectful. Come on. Well, Heather Graham. Now you can think about her. Now she's still oh, very beautiful. And she still got that smile. Yeah, she okay. does. Okay, there it is. There you go. Thank now you. you feel better. I okay. feel better. Major Briggs and the Log Lady. We got a scene with them. Isn't he supposed to be in the shadows? You know what? I was just thinking that. I was like, I, apparently the shadows means also getting some lunch at the Double R Diner. I'll be in the shadows eating some yeah, lunch. I'll be in the shadows unless I get hungry. <laughs> no, in which case, I'll come no, out of no, the shadows. Then I'll come out of the shadows and eat some food. Yeah, I thought about that. I was like, he's supposed to be in the shadows. Yeah. Doesn't he have like people after him? I, yeah, I don't know. Like... He seemed really worried the last time we saw him, but and now no. he just seems hungry. <laughs> Something happened that we're not aware of. The scene get cut. He needed a good cup of coffee. You know the power of a good cup of coffee, and Norma serves a damn fine cup Go of coffee. Go ahead and highlight him hiding. You got it. Hiding at the R&R at the diner. diner. <laughs> maybe that's where, that, maybe the R&R diner is the shadow. <laughs> When he said I'll be in the shadows, I was just code uh, for know. like I'll be in the diner twenty four seven. Um, but the log lady's also there. She Very comes nice. in. I love the reveal because like first you see the log, yeah. and you know what's about to happen. She sees the scar on his on his neck, and she looks concerned. She touches it with she her hands. Does. Yeah, she probably should have asked, but she's you know she's. Major Briggs. It didn't bother him. It though. didn't bother him, and they they seem to share a bit of a connection, and we'll get into that later. Coop uh, has been filling in for Harry, which I thought was interesting because yeah. Hawk is now reporting to Coop, and and Hawk is like, "Whatever you, whatever you need, man." And like Coop is like, "Shouldn't it be like whatever you need?" And Hawk is like, "No, you're the senior lawman." 
Also, I hate paperwork. So I Hawk, I I felt a little like I don't know. I felt a little bad for Hawk in this scene because I was like, it's almost like Hawk just accepts that Coop is like the favorite. He's like, no. I mean, let's just let's just call it what it is. You're you're gonna be in charge, Tess. So. <laughs> Tess, it just dawned on me that, like, I mean, times have changed, but is it like a hawk coop situation? Like a I, year year or two ago. I related ago. a lot yeah, to hawk yeah, in the scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because of work type stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Things happen at the old library. But uh, but hawk just keeps rolling. He um, he lets uh, they coop and um, hawk are having a conversation about like what's been transpiring and. Apparently, Doc Hayward could not determine the cause of death for she, Josie. She just died. And also, her body only weighed 65 pounds. So, highlight that for me. And that's screaming it. for a highlight. Oh, it good. Is. It's been sated. It's been sated. The, um, <laughs> screaming like a door pull screams. The, um. The silent scream a of a door pull. <laughs> the, um, I was going to ask, do we know how much Josie is supposed to weigh? Because she's not a terribly she's big an, person she's not a big person you're right but if as a woman yeah. if i was looking at josie yeah if you, you i would say she I probably weighs around 110 pounds so we're missing let's think about this wait what did you say she weighs she how, weighs how much 65 what are we pounds? missing like we're not good at math we're librarians let's just say she's listeners missing, write in let us know what <laughs> she's the, missing a lot of weight that, about 50 pounds yeah that she more. should that she should be Hmm. Well, we highlight. We highlighted We'll, we'll see it. what's going on. Also, the trail on Wyndham Earl has gone stone cold. Yeah. It's gone. We'll talk about that later because yep. we'll... I have some feelings about that. Oh. Um, and when we talk about Wyndham Earl, of course, we have to cue the flute music. Because yes. then the flute music comes in and we, we get to see Wyndham Earl. Mm-hmm. He's doing these like... Is he doing like a breathing exercise? He's doing like a little aromatherapy. Oh, aromatherapy. Yeah. I've been okay. watching a lot of Fancy Nancy lately. There's a Fancy Nancy <laughs> TV show. And she does this bit where she, uh, for for listeners that don't know, Fancy Nancy is a children's book And series. you have a daughter. And, and I have a daughter. I'm yeah. assuming that's why you were <laughs> Thank watching you. it. Thank you. I'm watching it. Freya's really into, uh, this is Fancy. Fancy ah, Nancy. Fancy. fancy. We and, just did the sign for fran- for Fancy. Yeah, in, in American Sign Language. But um, anyway, she does this bit where she'll say something that might be a big word that children won't know and then mm-hmm. she turned towards the camera and be like that's fancy for uh-huh. and so she was helping her mom smell flowers and she was like here's your aromatherapy and she goes that's fancy for things that smell really nice and make you feel good ah, you know? yeah. so he so was that's doing, what he was doing he was doing a little bit of aromatherapy okay. I believe right. yeah. and Leo is waiting on him like hand and foot Yeah. Um, and Wyndham Earl checks the paper and he's very mad about this chess move mm-hmm because he knows that Coop isn't that good at chess. So now he knows because this chess move is like moving towards a stalemate. Um and he knows Coop must be getting help. So now he's he's probably going to target someone in the town who's giving him help, which makes me very worried about our Pete. Pete. Our Pete might be Pete. in danger. When the moral doesn't like cuz Coop's breaking the rules, yeah. right? Yeah. But, it was supposed to be a chess match yeah. between him and Coop. But we know that Coop is learning to think beyond the board, mm-hmm. right? Like he's That's not confined by the rules. That's yeah. what he said. And um, then there's like a close-up on his ring, which I found interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. like three bands kind of intertwined yeah. a little bit. 
Maybe go ahead, highlight that ring for me. I know you turned the page. No, I'm gonna turn it right back. Belay that order. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep switching back and forth. (laughs) Yes, Captain Schmarees. (laughs) Belay. Make it so. Make it. Highlight that. I uh, think I highlight that number two. (laughs) Number one. Um, Cream corn kid. We transition. I thought this was interesting because we we got the flute music throughout yeah. the Wyndham Earl scene. And then that transitions right into Audrey walking yeah. to the flute music. They are setting up some sort of event at the Great Northern. We find out what event it is later. But there's a runway and Audrey is instructing the models on how to walk on the runway to Wyndham Earl's flute music. <laughs> I just found that scene very interesting. And then Dick is there. Dick Tremaine, who we haven't seen in a while. And he's being a jerk. He is straight up leering at these women's boobies. Yeah. I mean, he is, like, not even hiding it. He's also just being a jerk in general. Because Audrey is obviously, like, she would be the person in charge of this event. Because she works for the Great Northern. And she's trying to give instructions. And everyone is just, like, rolling their eyes at her. Which I get, because she's like an 18-year-old girl, and she's like, this is the way you do it. And she has a math exam this <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Probably like, oh, God. But she is the authority here, and Dick is like, whatever. And then um, she's like, okay, you're going to be with um, this weasel expert. And Dick does have a point, though, when he's speaking to the yeah. weasel expert. That a weasel expert comes in with a stuffed specimen, a taxidermied specimen of the pine weasel. Um, and Dick is like, you can't come in with a dead weasel to a event which is celebrating the weasel. You know, him <laughs> telling him that is going to end up biting him. It does. On the nose. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Literally, but we'll get into that later. Random question. The, you got it. Was it Mr. Pinky? Mr. Pinkle? Oh, the guy with the weasel? I think yeah. it's Mr. Pinkle, I think his name. He, is he played by the same actor who was trying to sell Leo, or sell, um... Shelly and Bobby that... That is a really great See, because when I was looking, he looked, and, and listeners, tell me if I'm wrong, because I often am, but he looked like the guy that plays Squiggy in... Is it the same Mr. Pink? Oh, my God. Is it the same if guy? It... Am I blowing your mind right now? Big if Because I looked at him, and I was like... Because remember how when... This is, I don't know how many episodes ago, you there was that so insurance type right. person trying to sell that really janky bed to Bobby and Shelly. <laughs> and then I was like, I know him from Squig- from uh, Laverne and Shirley. He played Squiggy. And then I was like, is that him, too? It might not be him. We're going to look into it. Yeah. Hashtag big if true. Update on the next episode. Yeah. I, there's a very good chance I'm incorrect. Um... John Justice Wheeler yeah. arrives. Jack Wheeler arrives to, Jack Wheeler. to take Audrey on a picnic. And it looks like her opinion of him has completely changed since the last episode. I feel like you and me and JR agreed that Audrey did not seem real into him. Um, and now it seems like she's very into him. It's interesting, too, because not only it's like they're lost in how much they love each other. It's like really interesting. Like the way, Like they can't even... Like, what are we even talking about? You know, like, yeah. it's like, they're, it's really interesting, like, what's going There's on? some very awkward flirting going on, but... <laughs> well, he's... The way <laughs> Billy Zane is playing this character is just so, like... <laughs> he's, like, on an... 
on like just another wavelength entirely. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a very Jeff Goldblum esque. And I still get like a <laughs> performance, weird, yeah. Yeah, and I still get like a like a western or a cowboy Definitely. feel from him. I get it a lot more in this episode. Yeah. I, I agree that with you. That last one I noticed like he had kind of like a little in like a little character music that sounded very kind of western like. Yeah. But it's interesting because I don't know, it's, I just don't know where we're going with Billy Zane. <laughs> well, Audrey Jack Wheeler. Audrey and Jack, man, I don't know. They're flirting. Um, Coop goes to see Harry. Yeah. This is an interesting scene. And he is there to tell Harry, Josie had a whole dossier with the inter- with Interpol. There are murders. There are various crimes. There is even prostitution on her record. And Harry does not want to hear it. And I kind of don't blame him. Yeah. Like, he yells at Coop. He's like, he tells him to GTFO. Can like, I tell you that uh, Amanda was working on putting some, like, furniture together while I was watching this episode, and she just, like, shook her head. At, I mean, Harry S. Truman and, and that actor that plays him, I mean. Michael Ein. Yeah, you're doing a great job, boy. But my wife was not impressed with your yelling. <laughs> often get this emotional. No, he doesn't. He's He's been a very, like, stoic character, you know, very kind of strong and silent type up until this moment of grieving yeah. that he is having. And, um, I, Coop is like, this is going to be important to you at some point. At some point you need to know who this person was that you trusted with your heart. And, but, I don't know if, like, he needs to know it right now. Like, I feel like Coop might have made it worse by <laughs> by being like, yeah, this woman that you're in love with who just died, she was also, like, a mass murderer and well, a prostitute. It's interesting, too, because why would you bring it up at that moment? Unless, and this seems very uncoop, unless he's bringing it up as in, like, it should help you get over her because she wasn't that great. And I was like, that devalues human life right so it felt very not like coop to do that but is this this is the scene where they hug right no no that comes later later. okay well then i was going to say that scene later when they hug yeah it it resolves and it's amazing to to be fair coop has been having some very uncoop like um behavior in the past few episodes and i don't know if this is because he's thrown off his game because of the whole windham earl thing bringing up lots of bad memories or if it's just bad writing (laughs) On this, these well, set of episodes where well, they've, we've got they've ma- apparently forgotten that Coop is like a, like a Zen master. Yeah, and also like Major Briggs is like hiding in the shadows of an R&R diner. You know, like it, it's like I, I think I've said this a couple times before on the cast where it's like I never know if it's like brilliant or did they just forget like plot lines. I don't know. Maybe it's we both. Have to, we also have to keep in mind that let these episodes weren't consistently written. Like the way the television is written – today is super consistent because people can go back and watch the episodes and be like but wait that didn't happen and so they have to be super consistent about about writing and directing and they all of the shows have like a very like a tone to them whereas this was episodic television on a network in the 90s yeah and and episodes were being written and directed by different people almost every single episode and the, the network had say in yeah. what happened. They were like, well, we don't really want it to be like this. In fact, we'll get to this a little later. Why Heather Graham is on the show has something to do with something that was going on behind the scenes on the television oh, show. That's so interesting. Um, interesting. Catherine is, uh, she's doing some working 
and uh, Jones comes in. This is the another new character. Um, don't worry about her so much. I don't think she's going to be around very long. We, um, we've we seen her once before, though, right? Yes, See? Yeah. So at first I was like, another new character. And I was like, okay. Technically, but, but we have seen her She before. was there with... With Eckerd. Thank she's you, yeah. So, but she is... She was like Eckerd's executive assistant. And she's come, supposedly, to take his body back to Hong Kong. And she tells... She tells Catherine that he and Josie will be buried side by side yeah. because Eckerd supposedly really did love Josie. Uh, anyways, I'm I'm sort of in the Catherine uh, uh, front with this where I'm like eye roll. But yeah. anyway, she has a gift for Catherine, mm-hmm. and she just she hands her this box and she says, "Good luck." Yeah, and that's all we know about that. And Catherine's pointing a gun at her the whole time. <laughs> Not the whole time. Catherine was sneaky. Like, she came in and she's just, like, sitting there with her papers. And then she, like, she just whips out that gun. Like, and by the way, why'd you really come here? Because I'm going to shoot you if you try any have funny you, business. Since you become a, a manager at the library, have, have you pulled that yet? When people are like, excuse me, someone's here to, they ask to talk to a manager. They're very angry. You just whip out that gun. You're like, We're like why are they really why here? Why are they really here? Back up, sister. <laughs> Um, Wyndham Earl goes to see Donna in one yes. of his disguises. This is a weird scene because he spends a lot of time talking to Donna. He's portraying himself as a friend of her father's. He's like, we went to medical medical school together. Um, and, um, he's like, oh, I know everything. He knows everything about this family. He's like, oh, Donna, you know, which sis- which daughter are you? And you have got two younger sisters don't you and you go to high school and they do they do have this moment where they talk about how absurd high school is that i really appreciated actually because you know high school is such a weird time in people's lives and he really encapsulates it i mean we know he has a mind like a diamond so this this shouldn't surprise me it shines bright like a diamond but he he encapsulates it he's like yeah high school is absurd because you're supposed to be um, learning all this stuff to help you become who you want to be, but you don't know who you want to be yet. So, like, you don't even know who you are right now. Yeah, right? it's really you just know. this whole experiment in absurdity. And I was like, I was like, man, he actually has a point there. I mean, he's being creepy AF, but he does have a point. This is a great scene too because you're kind of like, what is he going to do? What is you he know gonna he's do? looking to take pawns off the board or or whatever. Exactly you know? what he what he is there to do is he leaves a gift for Doctor Hayward. That's really ultimately his goal. Next, we see Pete. Our Pete, our Pete, and he. Go do ahead. Me, Did do you me a favor? Yeah, highlight the gift okay. and highlight the gift from uh, what's her name too to Catherine. You got it. Yeah, because I think I just realized something. Okay. Yeah. Pete is taking the chess game. So how many chess boards does he have set up? I didn't. I could not even count. There were so many chess games. Yeah, and we're bad at math. There are probably like three. (laughs) I think there was more than three three or four, which is like higher than we can count as librarians. Once it's past four, (laughs) I get that calculator out just to be safe. Just to be safe. Um, he's trying to create a stalemate, but he's he's telling Coop people are gonna have to die. Like even if he perfects the stalemate game some people will have to die pawns will have to die and coop is he's worried excuse me he's worried because Wyndham earl is impatient and he also doesn't want to kill pawns he wants to kill important people do we know how much time has been 
passing since it's a good question we don't know because i think we figured out through a previous conversation that it's been roughly or it was roughly like each episode's roughly a day already Mm -hmm. but this one's the first one or maybe not the first one but one of the few episodes that feels like more time has passed maybe a few more days if one day had passed i wouldn't say well no the trail's cold right yeah you know so I feel like more time has passed. There was that a lot of paperwork on Coop's and desk. That makes a lot of sense, too, in terms of, like, maybe the relationship between Audrey and Jack has been, like, yeah. warming over the next last few days. Yeah, I think there's a couple other little things that felt like this is at least, I don't know, I would say. Or Annie arriving. Like, you don't get a phone call that I'm coming back from yeah. the convent and then the next day or I'm even there. even other little things like the Interpol files, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like Josie died. It probably would have taken a while. And then they're like, send the files here. It's not like you're getting emails like you are today, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. so I feel like, what what do we want to put that number at? Three to four days yeah, later at least? Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Pete's been playing chess the whole time. Yeah. He looks all disheveled. <laughs> yeah. There is a really cute moment, though, where Andy and Lucy are also playing chess. Yes. And he's like, my students. Like, apparently he's also been teaching everyone in the police station how to play chess. And Andy and Lucy are playing a very funny game of chess, which is cute. I think this episode did it. Well, I'll get into it later. Okay. And, uh, fish in a percolator. <laughs> um... Major Briggs and the Log Lady arrive at the station together. Um, And what it comes down to is the Log Lady has a similar scar to Major Briggs. It's not the exact same, but she's also got a scar in her leg. And she said that she got it when she was... Oh, wait. Finish finish that sentence. She was seven years old. She apparently had gone missing for a whole day. You have something to say. Wait, is there more to that sentence? Yeah. Well, all she remembers about this experience is a light and an owl call. Similar to when her husband died in a fire, she also heard heard that owl call and saw that light. Highlight it, please. I got it. I'll highlight the whole thing. Yeah, highlight that whole shebang. And his, I must say, uh, let's wrap up his symbol in there as well. Yes. Yeah. So, there is. Good. Good highlighting. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Jack Wheeler is singing to Audrey. Yeah. This is a little cringy. I, um, okay. It's. <laughs> it's a very cowboy song. Th- well, about, that's another kind of. not like a prairie. It's about coyotes. <laughs> and I I have to admit that I wanted to use it as my quote of the episode. <laughs> the, song. the whole song. Do you want to sing it But to I didn't have time to look up the script like I do usually, so. <laughs> Because I, I felt like this one didn't have like a lot of great quotes, but that song though, man, you liked that. I felt like I was being wooed. Audrey by him. is really into it. She's like, I've never been serenaded before. She's also like, he's like, oh, I find this so hard to believe. Like, you must have somebody in your life. And she says something to the effect of, well, there was someone I was interested in, but not anymore. So I guess she's over Coop. Well, yeah. Even Amanda was like, isn't she into Coop? I guess she was. They didn't have a falling out or anything. I think they did have a moving on. Like, he basically, Coop had told her, like, no, you know? (sighs) He did, but... but didn't she say, I'm not giving up on you, I really believe the last time, I'm trying to rack my brain, because, you know, we we watched these episodes, there are weeks in between. So, so, you know, seven months ago. (laughs) Yeah. I believe the last thing we saw between them, I believe she gave him a kiss in front of Denise. 
Yeah, that is true. So, oh, and she said, wait, there are female agents, remember? And I thought, oh, yeah, this is the future I kind of thought Audrey, that was a kiss, maybe. though, to be, like, back off, Denise. That's uh, what I thought, you know? <laughs> but I mean, still, that's like, I'm going to lay some possession over you, this man you know that what? I'm interested you in. You know what Coop has never done for her, though? He's never serenaded he her. He never serenaded her. You think Coop has a beautiful singing voice? Has he ever sung in anything, um, Kyle McLaughlin? That's a great question. We're going to have to look that up. We'll, you know what? We'll probably <laughs> add, ask him that question when we interview him. <laughs> when is that happening? Well, we'll have to figure that out. <laughs> to be determined. Um, so I guess she's just completely overcooped now. There's that case closed. And then she feeds Jack an apple, which seems like a weird thing to like feed your lover. Like I, I could see like feeding them a grape. An apple. <laughs> She's just like here, eat this apple. Just, next thing they cut the same. Next thing was a, a whole cantaloupe. She's <laughs> lowering towards his head. So I weird. didn't. You know what? When I saw that, I didn't think it was that weird. But when you mentioned it, that is kind of <laughs> just the, weird. That scene was really nice too because they're sitting by like a little lake. Or yeah, a pond it was beautiful. They were having a nice very little scenic picnic. Out. It's like Twin fa- Peaks is beautiful. It's like fall now. Yeah. There's like red leaves on the ground. So maybe it's been a really long time because if we remember correctly, yeah. Coop arrived in February. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I would love to know what that timeline is because I think we... Well, we've talked about how the weather must be weird in Twin Peaks because, like, we've got scenes like Dick Tremaine wearing a fur-lined jacket with shorts. (laughs) Dick Tremaine, I think, it's tough because I think Dick Tremaine's one of those guys that he picks his outfit based on what he wants it to look like, Mm -hmm. not on what the weather is. (laughs) So I think that's a hard thing to gauge it by, but I definitely saw big red leaves on the... the ground around them you know so maybe a little continuity error um donna uh tells her parents when they arrive back at the back at the home by the way we see a lot of donna's mom in this episode yeah um donna uh, tells her parents oh yeah dr craig was here he went to medical school with you and doc hayward is like this was like a very like goosebumps moment. He was like, "That can't be true because Doctor Craig died." I That's watched actually, him that die. Would be, that would be the last page of Goosebumps. Yeah, did you exactly. read a lot of Goosebumps? Yes, of oh, course I did. When I was a kid, it was all about reader beware. You're in for a scare. Oh, and right? I found them so scary. Do you know one time I put one in the freezer? Because I was so scared of it. I felt like I had to lock it away. And the only place Which I had... Which one was it? What book was I, it? I, I, I think oh, it please was... Please, remember, please. I think it was one about an amusement park. Like uh, a scary amusement park. Was it like park. Welcome to Horrorland or something Maybe. like that? Was that the one where the family went there? Maybe. That's like... I, I'm really... I'm like almost blocking it out because it was so scary. <laughs> I am... Um, you and I, we're both librarians. We love to read, right? We do. But I really do. And I know it's like... Because I talked to some parents at the library, and a little library in tangent, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. The um, It falls into the mission statement, I think, somewhere over the podcast. The um, I talked to some parents that, we've talked about this before, where they'll be like, oh, I want our kids to read like real literature, not yes. fluff. Like, oh, yeah. they're reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. That's terrible. It's not anything of, of substance. But I really do attribute my love of reading today to Goosebumps and... and um, uh, Beverly Cleary books mm-hmm. in third grade. And like I read before then and I liked it as much as anyone else did, but I didn't really get into like, I love reading and I love reading books. 
until I got to Goosebumps. I, I know think, to some it's silly, but it's... I think mine, the most, probably some of the silliest books you can read, yeah. Roll Doll books. Yes, I yes. loved, I think that's where I really, like, was like, oh my gosh, this reading thing, this is for me. The difference, though, is somewhere a committee decided Roll Doll books are classics, right? And Beverly are worthy. Cleary is classic, too. That is say. true. I guess but probably more Goosebumps is what I'm you're saying. You're right. Yeah. I encounter that a lot at the library, too, like... Uh, even with like picture books, like yeah. when the kids are really young, I'll be like, "Oh, you should read this book about a duck who runs for president." And there, and the parents will be like, "I don't really want my kids to read funny books." Well, I don't want to read. I want them to read anything too political. <laughs> 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 Hashtag not all ducks. <laughs> duck for president is like a slightly political yeah. book. Yeah, oh, but it's it's great. That's really. Yeah, there's cute. a lot of uh, like references in there to like uh, Nixon and Clinton and stuff. It's really cute. That actually sounds great. It's a great the, book. You um, should read it. All I have to say is Goosebumps. It's pretty good. It's good right. Stuff, well, yeah. because that's what I tell the parents is like, I wouldn't underestimate the power of a book that your kid really loves. Yeah. Because if you want them to read those like substantial books, you got to get them hooked yeah. with books that they, they have to love reading before they're ever even going to be interested in reading mm-hmm. Dickens the, or whatever The first step is enjoying it, Exactly. Right? You know, the very first step is enjoying it, and you almost, like, build up, like, that those muscles of, like, okay, I'm, I'm putting this story together. Yeah, so read Captain Underpants yeah. if that's what your kid likes to read. Get them all those books. Yeah, read Duck for President. And... That's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, tangent. That's okay. Librarians. Librarians. It's, also, it's in our, in I'm our just, introduction. I'm just going to throw this out there. You, you mentioned, uh, we're librarians. We like to read. I know some librarians who don't like to read. That's okay, too. But Oh, that's interesting. But you, I would say the vast majority of librarians do well, love to read. Well, my thing is, I like to read, but I think the public perception is that all I do is read, <laughs> you know? Fair. And all, the big irony is usually I'm too busy, not just being a librarian, but being a dad and all that, that I don't have a lot of time to yeah. read. But I still love it. Like, those yeah. are two separate things. My time to be able to do it and and my love of, of reading. Yeah, I know. A lot of people are like, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a librarian. Oh, I would love to have a job where I read all day. And I say, yeah, I wish I had that job, too. Yeah, I don't. You, you don't. <laughs> I wish it's, I could read all day. That would, in a perfect world, that would be great if, like, somehow they, like, an hour of each day was just reading. <laughs> that because be that would amazing. be work towards staff there development. There are some libraries yeah. where they do that. Okay. I'll yeah. talk to Michael about it. Yeah. Winky face. Yeah. Anyways. um, So, yeah, we had this Goosebumps moment where... Um, <laughs> Doc Hayward is like, but no, Dr. Craig was my roommate in med school. We were best friends and he died in like a rafting accident mm. or something. And, uh, well, no, he left his phone number. So spooky. It's a cemetery. It's a cemetery. Oh my gosh. It's such a good So moment. wait, not just the cemetery, but like, I mean, do cemeteries have phone numbers? <laughs> They probably do. Like a funeral home? Like, well, no. The like groundskeeper. A, maybe, yeah, maybe a cemetery might have, like, here are hours for visiting or something. Did they answer the phone? Twin Peaks Cemetery. <laughs> How may I help you? Ghosts here. <laughs> <laughs> Twin Peaks Cemetery. Ghosts. <laughs> um, and the gift, the gift that he left is the next chess move. 
Because you'll remember they were like, we haven't, the trail's gone cold. We haven't heard a chest move in a while. Now he's like making contact with people in the Twin Peaks community to hand out these um, chest moves. Very scary. Yeah, it's spooky stuff. And it kind of shows like Windermere's able to like walk amongst us, right? Which is so interesting because he's very similar in a lot of ways to the Bob villain, right? Mm -hmm. Bob is amongst us and we don't know. I feel like there's a bigger connection there, especially because of of what happened to Josie and all that. Like, why was Bob even there? Like, what happened, you know? Um, but I don't know if I'm putting it together quite yet. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jacoby is mediating a divorce for Big Ed and Nadine, and it's not going well because of Nadine's condition. She's like... It's not that big of a deal, Eddie. Yeah, we're just... This is the big breakup. And Jacoby's like, oh, it's a little more serious than that. And Jacoby and Ed sort of have like an aside uh, where uh, Ed's like, what am I going to do? And Jacoby's like, she will go back to reality when she feels safe enough, but that might not be for a while. Jacoby, like, I mean... Unless I'm mistaken, really knows his stuff. He does, yeah. And well, because I started to think about this, like the reason, I mean, as far as we know, the reason she's gone back to this, like, this fantasy of being a younger self is because she tried to commit suicide. Yeah. And like, maybe her mind is somehow. Uh, protecting like itself. protecting from all of the pain she was feeling by going back to a simpler time in her life where she was happy in high school. Quick question: the we don't know. I mean, other than I guess the assumption of depression or something, why she committed suicide, right? Or uh, is there something that happened, you know, uh, uh, two years ago for us? That uh, no, I don't think I don't so. Think I mean, other than just like the pain she was experiencing in her life, go, she was. Go ahead and highlight that for me. And also, maybe she has maybe kind of like a psychological predisposition because you know she was a little weird before. They could have been millionaires. <laughs> what, what was it? The uh, what was it? The, oh, the drapes? The silent drape runners. Silent drape runners. Silent. Remember those silent drape runners. Just keep them in the back really? of your mind. I just want you to think well, about. Uh, highlight. Don't forget about. Can you them. highlight what you just said? Because I have a theory <laughs> about, about the drape runners. No, I have a theory about what. What I have a theory about why you told me that. <laughs> okay. Are you able to do that? Do you have the capabilities to highlight a thing you've said because i have yeah, a theory about why you said that okay. i got it thank you um, okay my god we've become meta <laughs> donna um sees she witnesses mm-hmm. ben horn having a bit of a tender moment <sighs> with her mother yeah that's all we know about this it's just she's she she hears the doorbell she goes to see who it is and she sees that ben horn is visiting her mother did you flip that page i can go back yeah can you highlight that for me please highlight that thank you so much yeah i'm glad to well i was nervous (laughs) because there's a little bit so because when i saw that scene I didn't know if it was a tender moment or not. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some future knowledge eking out a little oh, bit. Oh, you didn't to me, think, to my, me it looked very my, tender. My perception looked... He was looked, like holding her hand. Yeah. And whispering into her ear. To me, it, well, just I Did was... Did it look creepy to you? I was concerned that it was Ben doing creepy Ben stuff. Mm-hmm. Like going back to his old self. So I'm happy to hear 
that it can be perceived as a tender ah, moment. Because okay, okay. I, I was really nervous because you're right. He was holding her hand, but he was like whispering. You can whisper mean things too, you know? You could, yeah. I just, I guess my my perception of the moment maybe is colored by uh, by hey, future. That's okay. Uh, but also I like. I know JR was doing a bit of that too. I where he was like, this like... is a pivotal moment. I was like, I don't know what we're pivoting. <laughs> I don't know what we're pivoting we towards. Pivoting? All I know is a drawer pull. <laughs> I feel like if, if a guy came to my house and was holding my hand and whispering in my ear and I did not want him to do that. You would stop him. I would be like, back off, buddy. Like, really loud. And I'd probably call for my husband. And so, I don't you know. Say? That's just hey, my- Brett. Hey, Brett. Get down here and punch this guy in the face for me. <laughs> say it like, hey, Brett. Oh. Hey, Brett, go punch this man in the face oh. for me. What are you saying? You're like a like 1930s yeah. Brooklyn. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. So, yeah. But you're right. That's a good point. I just Something about it just seemed... And maybe the fact that Donna was, like, observing it from, mm-hmm. like, up high yeah. made it seem menacing. Mm. But I'm glad it was tender. <laughs> um, Norma says... That Shelly should enter the Miss Twin Peaks contest. So now we see that apparently there's going to be a contest, like a pageant. <laughs> Miss Twin Peaks. And Norma's like, Shelly, you should enter because you win. There's a prize, right? Yeah. There's a cash prize, I think, and a scholarship. Um, which beauty pageants often have scholarships. Yeah. Our friend, uh, Miss Jill, I don't know if you know this about her. She's a former pageant mm-hmm. beauty queen because... Specifically for the scholarships, she would enter these beauty pageants. Um, oh, she Miss Calvert Queen? or She's like the Queen of Tranquility yeah, or something que- like you that. You know, whenever I see... Because I think Calvert <laughs> County is the Queen of Tranquility. And don't we have the Queen of Tolerance in St. Mary's County? Oh. Isn't that what... She- it's temperance. Temperance? I, I think. Temperance? I think so. Maybe, Maybe it's another not. T word. Termination? <laughs> I don't think that's it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, but I've noticed when I'm around Jill, I feel very tranquil. All of a sudden, I think. <laughs> she truly is. Yeah, the queen she just, of tranquility. She just brings it with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, Shelly is, I don't know if she's completely sold on it. She's sort of like making fun of beauty pageants. And it's kind of a funny moment between the two Well, of it's them. funny too because Shelly's really pretty, but she's very, she's a hard worker. Not, not that mm-hmm. you can't be a, pre- a pageant uh, in a pageant and not be hard, but she seems like more of a, I got to clean these dishes instead of, I let don't me have spend time. A, yeah, instead of spend time on my dresses and <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know, she's been, she's still taking care of, well, no, she's not taking care of Leo anymore. No. You know what? That's why she's back at the restaurant. She's back at the restaurant. She's not taking care of Leo. Is Bobby in her life I don't or know. Not? We haven't seen Bobby in a while. Has Shelly? Or Bob, excuse me. Sorry, excuse Bob me, Bob. Briggs. <laughs> have we completely glossed over the fact that she, as far as we can tell, is free now? Because she was with Leo, mm-hmm. not a great relationship. No. She was with Bobby, not, not a great relationship. Not a great relationship. Even when Leo was uh, bedridden and, 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 and comatose, essentially, she had to take care of Leo. She, she can go home and do whatever she wants. I guess so. In that half-finished house that she lives in. Can we take a moment to just be happy for her now? I mean, not, this is what I've wanted for a long time, and I didn't realize it happened until just now. For now, let's be happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Wind no. Wind of Earl. Wind of Earl. Oh. <laughs> I'm so happy for Eric her. Is crying. Oh. Okay. Eric is great. Well, I'm happy okay. she's happy at this exact moment yeah. then. Let's take a moment. 
think for about Shelly. So savor it. Wyndham Earl is there. <sighs> He's in another disguise. Um, Coop enters. He's reading a book about Tibet, <laughs> as one does. It wait, is it a book about ter- yes, Tibet? Yes, it was. Oh, <laughs> see, when I saw it, because you don't see the cover super clearly, I thought it was a book about ferrets. <laughs> no, it's is a it book definitely about, about Tibet? Tibet? Okay, yeah. okay. Um, he's because of the ferret thing. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh. He's, uh, I guess, he's on his lunch break. He's going to do some reading and eating. Um, and he meets Annie, mm-hmm. and he. I thought this is interesting. He introduces himself as local law enforcement, which is true. He's mm. he's still suspended from the FBI. Um, and he's chatting with Annie. Annie's concerned that she didn't make the coffee right. And he um, he assures her that she did make the coffee. He, like, stops her, like, with his hand. Halt! But you that's know? what he did. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah, 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 that's a coop thing. Like, he's like, yeah. wait, let wait, me taste it wait. and make sure it's okay. Um, I mean, he wouldn't have, let's say it wasn't good. He wouldn't have said anything, right? You're right. He probably. I mean, I don't know. think so. Like, if he was like, "This was terrible." Thank you, Annie. <laughs> this was but not damn. You fun. did a great job handing me the cup. Everything else was terrible. You're right. It's a little too strong. <laughs> <It's> actually, <laughs> Do better next time, please. He, he says something too, and it, uh, he calls it like a deep, a deep black cup of Joe or something yeah. like that. And, yeah. Um. Anyways, they're chatting, and I feel like they're kind of relating to each other as newcomers to Twin Peaks. Um, But maybe there's a little something more there. Highlighted, please. Yeah, maybe there's a little something more there leading the witness. And uh, very unlike Coop, his situational awareness is not on on point. This is supposed to be Mr. Right? Like, I see a thing, and I know a thing. And Windermere's costumes aren't... I've got to believe that if Coop had just looked a little to the right, he would have been like, O-S, <laughs> there's Wyndham Earl. To the right, to the right, Wyndham Earl is over there, to the right. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying like a Beyonce? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Anyway, I don't know. I think... He, is he off his game? He's or, way off his Or game. Are, are we supposed to believe that... That Wyndham Earl's disguises are so Wyndham Earl, foolproof. And it's one of those, like, if there were too foolproof, the viewers could be confused. Mm-hmm. But they have to be just enough so we can make out that Like, that's that Wyndham Earl in a biker costume. But maybe we're all pretending that they're, like, he can walk amongst us, right? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not great costumes. <laughs> at not. least to us. Yeah. So maybe... From now on, until we hear otherwise, we should assume that he is like okay the the very he's a chameleon. He's the okay. master of disguise. He's like Sherlock Holmes he, level. He disguises. the only way to know that he is Wyndham Earl is through DNA tests because okay. he's so perfectly disguised. I'm because, willing to go with that. You're right. Like, why wouldn't Coop notice? Yeah, I notice exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hawk comes in though. He yeah. sort of um, he sort of like breaks up this moment that they're having to say that there is a problem at the bookhouse. Yeah, and there is a problem. When we at get the this is when this there's, is a where there's a sign. There's the a, where there's a sign up at the top of the bookhouse. It oh, says the bookhouse. Harry has lost it. Yeah. He has uh, trashed the bookhouse. He's broken all the furniture. He's being a D. He's waving a gun around. What's a D stand for? 
You know what it stands for. <laughs> He's really grieving. Disrespectful. He, I felt so bad for him in this moment. Like, for this whole episode, especially in this moment, because this is just a small town guy. And yeah. he's like, I've lived in this freaking town my whole life. I've never even seen the ocean. And this woman came in and she made me feel so good. Like, she made my life so much better. And now she's gone. And he really loved Josie. And he is just... He cannot deal with it. And Coop scoops him in yeah. to a great big hug. I like that. And that was a really sweet moment. It was... Uh, that's probably my favorite moment of the episode. And it was also... Because Harry's drunk out of his mind, right? Yeah. He's waving a gun around. Yeah. You know, and he says stuff like, I don't think I've ever handed my gun over to another man. Yeah. You know? I'm worried that he's going to use it on himself, yeah. honestly. Yeah. This might be because I just watched... American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Okay. And there's, like, a oh. whole episode where O.J. is threatening to kill himself. And this, like, was very reminiscent. Like, it made me think of this. <laughs> made me think of when Harry was waving a gun around. Do you think this scene inspired O.J. Simpson? <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Stupid, also a 90s classic. Yeah. <laughs> so the O.J. Simpson trial. <laughs> that was a good movie. No, the... Um... It was a great TV show for several months. It ran in, in the 90s. It was very entertaining. Imagine, like, millions of years from now, like, ancient archaeologists find it, and they're like, man, this was an incredible show. Right? <laughs> yeah. They don't know, sure. right? They won't know. They're like, man. Um. So, yeah, they have a bro hug. He resolves it with a hug. Yeah, it's very sweet. It um, works, too. Nadine and Mike are getting a hotel room together. Did you love this scene? Well, so now Mike's disguise did trick me because I was like, "Who?" I was like, "I was like, who is?" Because we haven't actually we haven't actually seen Mike seen him in a, in a while. while. So like, I can't remember Snake, you know. And um, I just know that you you have a love for for Mike. I do like it, especially he's like all on board now oh with gosh this, right? yeah he's, he's like he's like they're getting the honeymoon sweet. they're getting the honeymoon it's and great she breaks that some... bell I like too when he goes we're gonna go do some uh, deep sea fishing she goes oh yeah. woo, I think we all know what that means <laughs> and but then like those two schoolgirls show up and they're like hey we'll see you at class <laughs> have you ever well have you ever done that where you are probably too because he's in disguise because he's a young kid right okay. is that why he's in disguise yeah I'm thinking he's trying they're trying to uh, portray to this person that they are both consenting adults because they think they're room. both teenagers that if two teenagers are getting a hotel room the hotel got, probably wouldn't give them the room right because right? they got know to be adults yeah who are married <laughs> quick question have you ever done that before no yeah no. i know once so amanda and i we were like oh we left our id in the car <laughs> yeah deep sea fishing boys oh my goodness <laughs> So scandalous. That was a long time ago. Scandalous. I know. Um, Ben is hosting a, basically like a gala, like the Stop Ghostwoods gala. Um, And they've got to save the little pine weasel. Mm -hmm. And the ecology is all about survival. He's giving this great speech. Um, and then there's a fashion show. I'm not sure how that's related to the Pine To Weasel, raise money, I guess. But there's a really great fashion show that's narrated by Dick Tremaine, and everyone is wearing plaid. 
as we know, people in Twin Peaks love to wear plaid. And I should give props to Dick Tremaine that, like, he's not a great person as far as the way he treats people around him. No. But I thought he did a pretty decent job narrating. He was a, and if he he put, was a great MC. And if he put the ensembles together, like, I don't know much about fashion, but they were wearing clothes, that's <laughs> for sure, you know? And the way he described them was, like, really yeah. artistic. I thought he did a great job. Ben is having milk and cookies at the bar, yep. which is cute. Has he stopped drinking? Because I'm guessing, well... I'm presuming we, if he's we, drinking milk. Yeah, we won't even highlight it, but I'm guessing he stopped cigarettes. He stopped drinking, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Catherine approaches him, and she's really trying to get like a, all right, Ben, what are you really yeah. up to? But Ben <laughs> claims to be 100% sincere. He said he had a life-changing experience, and he realized that the only joy in this world is giving. And... um. I don't think Catherine is 100% sold on this, but Ben seems to be. Catherine is like, what are you doing, you goofball, <laughs> right? Where's the ruthless guy I I would think that really Catherine like. should be a little more Ooh, concerned. I think Go I, got, I got a theory that I don't like. Okay. I hope it doesn't come true. Go right. highlight Catherine and Ben. You got oh, it. Oh, I'm real nervous. Because okay. you know I'm nervous for the future of Ben. I know you are. I'm very nervous. You're very invested. Keeps in, me up at night. And Ben as, as being a decent human being. I, I, I am. Um, I would think that Catherine would be a little more concerned because this whole this whole gala he's throwing is to stop her project he that even, she's working on. He even on. asks her to donate to. Oh my gosh, she which, laughs so hard. Which is so silly because it would stop what she's saying. <laughs> exactly. Saying. The only thing I can think of is maybe she's got plans on plans to stop this. Maybe, you know? maybe. You're right. She's... She, I mean, Let's she is a strategically. What's mate. Catherine doing in her free time? She's probably planning She's schemes, planning stuff. Yeah. And what was she reading? Tell great you, Expectations. I, yeah, so all she's doing is reading Great Expectations. <laughs> she, I mean, she's definitely not hanging out with Pete, right? No. I mean, you know, he would like to hang out with Pete's her Pete's hanging out with her brother. <laughs> they have a cute, they have a cute <gasps> romance right, I going forgot. on. And yeah. Pete's busy doing chess stuff, too. That's true. Yeah. Pete is very busy. Yeah. Um, uh, and then... <laughs> And then they bring out the pine weasel. So now, now they have a live pine weasel, which is just a ferret. It's really cute, though. Thank you. I was confused about weasel and ferret. Yeah, Are they kind of the same thing. Well, I don't know if you know what. That's another thing we need to look up for the next episode. Is the pine weasel an actual thing? The little oh. pine weasel, um, because it is just a ferret. And, yeah, but it's super cute. It's cute. Um, and the guy is giving a talk on the weasel, and he's like, it's totally harmless. And he's like, give it a kiss. And Dick goes to give it a kiss, and it bites him. And then the weasel gets loose, and it's just mad hijinks. And the crowd is going crazy. And amidst all of it, Audrey falls into Jack Wheeler's arms, and they share a passionate kiss. <laughs> so weird it, well there's that one woman who's just screaming like non-stop yeah, into the microphone <laughs> and it's just one it's one, just one weasel. little weasel who we've been told is harmless it's only one i mean it bit dick's nose yeah. right um ben was taking the whole thing pretty well he was like all right everybody calm down like i would be like oh no my gala is ruined well ben's a changed person he is ben, yeah now he's the zen master ben has communed with the trees <laughs> He knows the um that scene where the weasel bites Dick's nose made me think of you ever see Batman Returns? It's I think the one so, with yeah. uh, the one with uh, um 
Uh, is that the one with Val Kilmer? No, no, not the one with Val Kilmer. Is it still Michael Keaton? It's that? Michael okay. Keaton, and I'm f- blanking on his name. He's a sh- Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Yes, and Danny DeVito penguin. bites. Do you remember when he bites that guy's nose? Yes, do you remember? Do remember? And that one guy walks up to the penguin. He's, I think he's being real smarmy, and he goes, not a lot of reflective uh, surfaces down in the sewers, right? Like, to make fun of his appearance, and he get, Danny DeVito goes, could be worse. My nose could be glus- uh, gushing blood. And then he bites his nose. And I was like, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was like, that's amazing. That's good writing right there. Good job. Tim Burton. Good that job. That's a good movie. He, he directed it. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah. Whoever wrote it, maybe um, I'll shoot them a, a thank you tweet. Yeah, I like that. Thanks that's for writing Batman Thanks for Returns. writing Batman Returns. A classic I legit movie. love that Another movie. classic of the 90s. When, right? Yeah, when yeah. I was a kid, I legit loved that movie. I wanted to be Catwoman because she was just so cool. Like <laughs> she, she was, was, you know, nothing, she was the coolest. Nothing phased her. No. In that scene where she she's doing like all this, do you remember? She's like doing all these backflips and she gets there and there's two cops and she goes, Meow. And the building explodes. I was like, yes. I was like, I'm in love with this character. <laughs> um, and then we see the last scene of the episode is Jones, um, the assistant to Eckerd. Yes. She incapacitates whoever is watching Harry because they were like, we need to have someone watch Harry tonight. Make so we sure don't know that who that okay. is, right? Don't know who he Someone's was. Someone's just watching A random him. bookhouse boy. Because boy number two. Yeah, she incapacitates them. And then she, like, undresses and gets into the bed with Harry. And that's the last scene that we... I don't know what to make of that. I guess we should highlight it, though. Okay. But... All right. Something's about to go down. Or go up. Depending depending on your perspective. (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Let's go back to the beginning for our next segment. So many mysteries. All right. So. We've got a lot of highlights. There are a lot of highlights. Um, Let's start with Annie, fresh from the convent. I feel like you had a theory about her. I do. Well, not necessarily a theory, but but a a question. Mm -hmm. So she's from the convent. So we're we're. Oh, one thing we didn't mention: Coop noticed that her Mm. wrists have a cut, which I'm assuming is a attempted suicide kind of cut. And we did not mention that, but that is worth mentioning. Yeah, and so I think there might be more going on here than meets the eye. I don't know. Maybe if she, she got kicked out of the convent. Either she maybe got kicked out of the convent. I think she may have been in the convent. The reason I asked about what year this was because uh, it made me think of a sister act moment. I was oh like, yes. was she was in the she convent? In there as like a witness protection. Thing. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know if she was there and like something else was going uh-huh. down, right? Or maybe she was sent there because of her suicidal tendencies. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what that timeline is exactly, but I feel like there's more going on than, than what we know, right? She does kind of have like a somber air about her yeah. like she's not like Shelly is very effervescent yeah. and Annie is a little more subtle well I mean I, and I'm not an expert at what goes on in, in a convent but I imagine it's a lot of a lot of hard work I would a lot, imagine a lot of hard work uh, like a and, lot of silent meditation I would imagine you. a lot of scripture can you yeah. imagine being in a place so long you forget how to use money or you become unfamiliar about how to yeah. use money. That's amazing, right? I've always been um, very fascinated by the idea of like um, not living a life that society has yes. like deemed appropriate, and instead 
choosing to like give your life over to this other purpose like I've always found that really fascinating yeah so when you asked me like can you imagine what it's like to not use money I'm like I actually have imagined it like I think it would be cool but (laughs) well but yeah it wasn't working for Annie I'm starting a cult right now if you like the (laughs) joint it's the cult of the trees we're going to become one with the trees. <laughs> the, um, with the trees but yeah, day. that's what I've got about Annie. Oh, man. I could totally see you doing that. Just, yeah. a, just an FYI. I wouldn't, by the way, if you're going to name your name a cult, don't name it the cult of something. Because that probably <laughs> usually tips people off. I would just name it. Whew. Hmm. I'm going to work on it. Think about it. Workshop something. Get Mm. back to us. I'll work on it. Um, You have something about Major Briggs? Major Briggs. So (laughs) is he... I'm just wondering, is he just so good at hiding just in plain sight? Like, you know? Or he might know... I don't know. He's kind of a respected member of this community. Yeah, people know him. He's wearing his uniform, which already (laughs) sets him apart from everybody else. He also says something weird too when he when he he's eating. I think it's Shelly who's with him or or Annie. Compelling. He he just says. "Mm." I think it's Shelly who's helping. He just goes "Mm, compelling. (laughs) The flavors are compelling. Just his life is compelling. <laughs> the the uh, universe is compelling. The coffee is compelling. So two things. Either A, the danger has passed. Okay. Like, remember he said, I'll be in the right. shadows until it's passed. It's passed, maybe. Okay. It's been a few days. Yeah. Or he just knows the areas that are safe. Okay. Like the R&R diner is a safe place. He knows the diner is a safe There's space. a lot of times where like a lot of our plot points kind of converge at the R&R diner. Um, that's true. And maybe there are some areas in Twin Peaks who just protected mm-hmm. you know Maybe. i thought for a long time that if there's bad spirits like bob there's got to be good ones mm. you know possibly a good one's one that's in the log maybe i don't know but there's something there like probably most likely the danger is passed in major briggs is like, i'm out of the shadows and i'm gonna go eat some compelling pie right now <laughs> compelling compelling pie yeah. <laughs> next time i go someplace to eat Just compelling <laughs> people ask me like how was that i'm gonna be compelling <laughs> you know what though it's okay <laughs> um compelling did you did you have something about um josie's body only weighing 65 pounds or did you just want to confirm uh, that that is are we mystery? supposed to think that that's her soul that left her body and went in the i believe that's what so we're meant to think. wait let's take the science to the next level if we went into that room and tried to pull that drawer oh. does that drawer now weigh 50 something pounds <laughs> It's a right good question. Yeah. Scientifically. I mean, does that we mean the, the hypothesis? Does that mean the human soul weighs a certain amount of yeah. poundage? That's the only thing I can think of is that that's what they're leading us towards. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, I didn't that's mean to okay. poke your foot. Playing with my closely foot. here. I, and we were. I, well, I, I poked your soul on accident. It was, it weighed fifty something pounds. Yeah, I, literally I'm, the sole of my foot. I'm guessing the um, and I'm gonna actually. I don't know if this is a prediction or not, but. Because Josie's stuck in the, the drawer pool, mm-hmm. right? And as viewers, I feel like we're supposed to be wondering, like, how are they going to save her, right? I mean, she's stuck in it. The body's about to be buried. I would imagine somehow if they get the soul from the drawer pool into the body, mm-hmm. if the body's destroyed, I don't know what they can do. Mm-hmm. I think that in the return, when we return to Twin Peaks, assuming that's what the return means, that we will see that drawer pool again. Okay. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but it might even be a thing like we see it and we're like, oh, that's the Josie drawer pull. Also, can Josie see out of the drawer pull? Like, is she looking around and she could just always have to stare at this wall in this hotel? I don't know. I mean, she can scream. Hmm. There's a lot going on with drawer pulls. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, did you have a theory about Wyndham Earl's ring? Yeah, I'm thinking. So I, my first thought was like, oh, that's his wedding ring, right? Okay. But I don't think it's his wedding ring anymore. I think it's a it's a, a ring that he's had forged since the situation with Coop and his wife. And I think the three bands are him because it's Coop. three it's three wires, him, Coop, and his wife. Yeah. Mm. And there's I think there's something a greater significance going on because now originally I thought that Wyndham Earl had kind of figured out the darkness in the woods and all that, and now it's looking more that Wyndham Earl's just a person with a not just a person, but a brilliant person with a vendetta against Coop separate from the mysteries in the wood and twin peaks but the fact that bob showed up you know not not bob showed up during a wyndham earl type thing because mm-hmm. what was it they let me think about this they went in and josie had shot think about the ending of the last episode we watched they went in the hotel room truman yes. and coop and who was in there thomas eckard that's right and josie and she had killed eckard and she had killed eckard and then she collapsed upon the bed. And then Bob showed up. What happened and to Josie? And then Bob showed up and the little man showed up. Thank you. Thank but that you. was in Coop's mind. We are led to presume. The giant presume. didn't show up though, right? No. I still think the giant's like a good, either a spirit or an alien or entity beyond us. Um, did you, this is a quick time trip, but it makes me think, did you watch uh, Wrinkle in Time, the movie? I haven't seen it. Did you read the book? No. No? Um, I read the book, like, as an adult, because I know it's usually a book that's given yes. out, like, in schools. I read it as an adult, and I watched the movie recently, and I thought it was fun, but there's, like, these entities in there, um, one of which happens to look like Oprah, that is, like, <laughs> be- beyond, like, beyond our comprehension. Like, they're okay. on another level, and it's, like... That no one ever uses the words aliens or spirits or anything. They're just what they are. And I think that's what the giant is and what – even though they use the word spirit to describe Bob, but that might just be us using a word mm-hmm. to explain it. I think there's just something beyond us. And I think that Major Briggs is another prediction for the future. So many mysteries, so many predictions, is that Major Briggs will become one of these entities before the end of the show. Because okay. he's, he's becoming something new. Like he's – next level entirely and i think it has something to do with why he was taken and why the log lady was taken when she was younger so okay yeah um you wanted me to highlight the gift that Catherine receives and also the gift that doc hayward receives i don't know if you wanted to connect them or i think i was if you have separate theories about each of them I, i've got set well just two gifts right indeed the one Catherine receives we never have opened right right and What's her name who takes her clothes off? Jones. Jones. Tows Catherine good luck, right? Yeah. So I think that what's in the box is, I think it's something that, was it Eckerd? Uh-huh. Was working on. Okay. And I think it might be something that involves either, I hope it, because I'm more interested in the Twin Peaks stuff than the. Eckerd, crime across china yeah i don't even know how to even like i have no context for that you know it probably is something that involves the crime something like something that eckard was keeping at bay and now that he's dead Catherine's like probably like oh good eckard's dead right yeah but now she's gonna realize that when she opens his box like oh he was actually doing something good whether it Mm. related to twin peaks or just I don't know, a greater, I hope it's not another crime person, another, uh-huh. you know, older white gentleman with sunglasses. 
I hope not. Um, <laughs> that you'll have to keep track. Of. I, I would like it if it turned out to be something involving the darkness in the woods, you know, or Twin Peaks mm, or something. Okay. I don't think it is. It's probably still going to be its own side thing. Although we know mm. Catherine wants Ghost Woods. And it's probably just to, you know, build on and make money. But I have a secret theory that she wants Ghostwoods because of the darkness in the woods. It's called Ghostwoods. Bob's a spirit. Spirits are kind of ghosts. Sure. You know? Mm. Quick question. Yep. The, um, when Coop and Major Briggs were camping and the light appeared and all that, were they at Ghostwoods? They were in the woods. They were in the woods that I imagine in would my become head, Ghostwoods. In my head canon, Ghostwoods is like a big hunk of the woods. Yes. You know? Like a big hunk. Yeah. A big hunk, like Jack Wheeler. No, just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when's, so- when's the last time you called someone a hunk, but not like ironically, like as a joke? Like, you're a real hunk of a man. <laughs> Probably like every night. That's how you say goodnight. Yeah. Right. Like, goodnight. He's like, good night, Tess. And like, good night, you big hunk of a man. <laughs> Not a bit of irony there or a bit of joke there. No. We all know that my husband is a very handsome man. It's Boris. canon. It's, it's canon. It's I just, canon. when the wind blows through his hair, the trees sigh for him. Like, they go, oh. That's true. Oh. Um, <sighs> the log lady, speaking of Major Briggs, the log lady does she have her similar scar? Did you have yeah. something to say about her? Her scar. Her disappearance. Is the two peaks. Okay. Twin peaks. It they did look They look very like two, two mountain peaks, which I know the show's called Twin Peaks. I don't know if we've ever been there or heard of them <laughs> or know what they're named. Um, but I think they're the two t- peaks. I still think Major Briggs looks like a radioactive type symbol. Yeah. But I'm going to add that I think we're going to find more people with these scars. Okay. Or, or they're going to be brought away in a flash of light and have a scar. And I, I like to think that all these scars, like if you take all the images on the chalkboard that, that Coop was so nicely writing for us that they will line up and form a different image or something. Okay. Like you put the three triangles here and you put that there and then bing, bang, boom, it's going to say... Um, Here's your prediction. Uh, ben Horn for president... <laughs> 2025 or whatever. That's the big prediction. It's going to line up. It's going to be all about. It's just a giant viral marketing campaign. (laughs) Um, You wanted to highlight the fact that I told you to not forget about the Drake Brothers. Thank you. Prediction. Either in this series or the return. Like the whole thing. At one time... um, Nadine. That's correct. He's going to become a millionaire okay. because of those drape runners. We'll see. That's what I'm going to say. Um, Donna witnessing the moment between Ben and her mom. Yeah. So I, at first I had a theory because I thought it was menacing type right. stuff. Right. I, I felt was tender yeah. and you felt was menacing. Yeah. So I'm going to go with tender. <laughs> it could be a, a tennising moment. A tender and menacing moment. Tendising. <laughs> Tender and medicine. I don't think I like that at all. I don't like it either. Um, I think my first thought, this is so silly, my first thought is that he's involved with Donna's mom's being in a wheelchair somehow, you know? 
I don't know if that's true because I feel like at one time I asked you if we find out why she was in the wheelchair <laughs> and you told me no. I, th- I we, said, we confirmed I it with the I told you, dog. I think I don't know. But you, if we, if that was what it turns out to be, right. you would know. Well, but I may have forgotten, you yeah. know, JR has put me to shame. Like there are some things that I've apparently forgotten over my multiple viewings of Twin Peaks or, over the many years. Or it could be, I mean, we don't know the future. It could be that, you know, how Ben met with Donna's mom. This may never ever be readdressed. I mean, to be honest, that happens mm-hmm. sometimes. I'm still waiting for cream corn, kid. You know. <laughs> so, and if it never is addressed, that's probably why you would not remember. But our like head cannon could be maybe he's involved somehow, and that's why he's apologizing. You know? Okay. Yeah. Um, Annie. Annie. The coop chatting with Annie. They got a they got a little love connection love going interest. on. They got a love connection. Shelly's moving on, or not Shelly. Um, Audrey's moving on. Coop's moving on. All right. right? So here's where I share some behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, stuff. Should that I went sing on. story time with Tess? Sure. Story time with Tess. <laughs> so here's the t- here's the tea. Apparently, Kyle McLaughlin, the actor who plays Coop, was dating. Laura Flynn Boyle, the actress who plays Donna. They were dating in real life while this was all going on. Before Twin Peaks or did they meet on the set? I'm sure they met on the set and they kindled a romance between these two actors. Apparently, Laura Flynn Boyle, who I've heard some rumors about. Who's Donna. Who plays Donna. I've heard some rumors that she may be a difficult actress to work with. Okay? And... She was apparently upset about the romance between Coop and Audrey on the show, the actress Sherilyn Fenn. I guess she felt insecure. She felt like maybe their chemistry was a little too real. Like Coop and Audrey? Yeah, there was like a, a romance going on between them, sort of. I'm blanking. Which Audrey. Which one's Audrey? I'm sorry. Ben Horn's daughter who no. works at Oh, you're right. The Audrey, sorry. I'm getting Audrey and Shelly mixed up. How many episodes okay. into the show are we? Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, there was definitely romance between There's them. There's definitely romance between Sparks. them. Sparks. Sparks were flying. And apparently the actress who plays Donna was dating the actor who played Coop. And she didn't like the sparks that were flying. She felt, perhaps, she felt a little um, insecure and threatened by the actress Sherilyn Fenn. Okay. Okay? Which, I think we are all threatened by that actress. (laughs) Let's be honest. She's a gorgeous woman. Yeah, we saw her walking on that runway. And the sparks we saw, we were feeling them. We were feeling the heat. It was burning in her face. I guess she was making it difficult on the set because she didn't like that actress and her boyfriend spending so much time together and kissing on, you know, as actors in this TV show. And so I guess the way that the... um, And there was also like a thing about the age difference between Coop and Audrey that I think was causing an issue for the audience. I think the audience was not really digging the potential romance between them because of the big age difference. Well, I had mentioned that like when we first started watching, like that's a little weird. So those two things were going on and the way that the network decided to fix this was to introduce a new love interest for Coop in the form of Heather Graham's character, Annie. So now Annie's on the show. You're feeling the love interest. I'm feeling the love interest. This isn't a spoiler. Yeah. They're going to become love interests. And the ironic thing about this, in terms of the audience concern, is that 
Heather Graham, the actress, was actually younger than Sherilyn Fenn, the actress. <laughs> Their characters are different ages, yeah. but apparently as actresses... How old was Heather Graham? I believe she was 18. I'm going to have to look that up. But I believe that she was very young when she made this. Like, it might have been, like, it might have been one of her first roles. I don't know. But she was very young, I guess. Ironically younger than Sherilyn Fenn, who I want to say was maybe 20 when they made the show. Okay. I'm not JR level with my knowledge of behind the scenes. Yeah. I just know JR that... tell us birthdays. And... <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. Could... <laughs> he would be able to tell the story a lot better than I am. I'm just giving you the rumors that I've heard. Um... And yeah, that is apparently why okay. uh, uh, Heather Graham was introduced on the show as Annie. I kind of like new love interest. So for now her. that we've we've okayed that, I know that Coop is gonna kind of have a love interest with Annie with the dove. You right? saw it coming, yeah. yeah. I I'm really excited about this because I liked. I think Coop and Audrey mm-hmm. had like a really good, like interesting chemistry. But I think Coop likes. He wants. He needs to keep the women in his life safe, yes. right? And Annie has gone through some stuff. We mm-hmm. don't know what exactly, mm-hmm. you know. And she seems like a sweet girl. Um, that's out of high school. I mean, yes. you know what I mean. Yes. So maybe a little bit more of appropriate match more appropriate, for Coop. You yeah. know, I'm excited about this future. Yeah. All right. And I hope we've... they get to do some uh, deep sea diving or deep sea. <laughs> some deep sea fishing. Get together. to do some deep sea fishing together. <laughs> Did you have, you said you felt like a, you had a troubling premonition about Catherine and Ben? Catherine and Ben, yeah, okay, this is so <laughs> dumb. So Catherine is, or Ben is, he's a changed man, right? Right. He's maybe running for public office, he's going <laughs> to save this weasel. He's just wanting to give back. Maybe he's even gone back and apologized to Donna's mom about all these things. He's He's trying to change things. Catherine, not a changed person, right? Right. I'm worried Ben's going to. Be corrupted. Well, like yeah, and you know how and those feet. Those feet. I am telegraphing. <laughs> I'm telegraphing way too much. She's gonna slip that shoe off. He's gonna see that foot. He's gonna go right back to his he's old. He's gonna ways. go right back, right back to the those old ways. I'm nervous about it. Is what I'm saying. Oh, um, and did you have any predictions for? For Jones getting undressed and getting uh, into the bed the only of thing Harry, I can think Truman. of is some kind of a blackmail type situation. Okay. I think it involves the box that Jones gave to okay. Catherine. I don't really know. I mean, taken to an extreme level, maybe Jones will get in bed with Truman and kill herself, and he'll be framed, oh. <laughs> framed for killing her. Maybe. I mean, I'm trying to figure out why she got in bed with him. Yeah. I don't know. You, have, or, you don't have no theories on that I, yet. I don't. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, how... Because she seems... Jones seems very, like, devoted to the whims of past Eckhart, uh-huh. you know? Almost... And I'm just picking up on the little bit that I saw. That, like, that way, reason I said, like, kill herself is, like, like fanaticism, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's okay. going on here. And whatever it is, it's probably not going to be good for Truman, is what I'm saying. Or... Flip side, maybe it will be good for Truman, and somehow they need Truman back on the case, back in the saddle, sobered up, and he needs a little bit of extra pep in his step. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. A rebound. A little, little rebound. I don't know. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Did you have any other mysteries no, that, that you wanted that to? That was a lot of mysteries, lot. right? Yeah. yeah. This it, is a very mysterious episode. I'm swimming. It's so foggy in here. I can't even <laughs> see. Eric, what was your 
quotable quotation of this episode. My quotable quotation. Let's mm-hmm. see, I need to bring it up real quick. I, I originally wanted to sing that song. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> but um, that's okay. You know, maybe I'll sing it on the next episode. We All can right. sing it together, a little duet action. Sounds good. Sounds good. We always want to sing more. Um, I really liked, basically, because I, I think it tells a lot about, because there's, there's has been this whole thing of like, the town was like the most boring place on earth until Coop showed up, right? And I feel like there's something there. Because I'm always like, did he bring Bob? He <laughs> certainly brought Wyndham Earl, right? Yeah. You know, did he bring Bob? I'm thinking he brought Bob. All the stuff in the woods, is that ramping up because Coop is here? And uh, just uh, a line that kind of seemed kind of like a throwaway, but maybe it has something to do with Coop being there, is uh, uh, the scene where Hawk is talking to Sheriff Truman. And uh, Truman says, uh, hey, you and Cooper, you can handle it. It's a pretty simple town. Used to be. I guess the world's just caught up to us. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's more than the world. Maybe, maybe it's, it's Cooper. Coop. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's, no. that's like the third person to point out that the town is um, messed up now that Cooper's here. Yeah. Josie said that in the last episode, and Jean Renault had said it in a past yeah. episode, too. So you might be on to something. Might be on to something. Maybe. Um, what about your quote? I didn't feel like there was a ton of quotes in this episode. You know, I pulled, I had like, I have two quotes that are very related to each other. And basically, it's the whole scene where Coop comes to Harry's aid mm-hmm. in the bookhouse. I loved this scene. And there's um so so Harry he's he's crying, he's yelling, he's waving a gun around and he kind of he finally has like the climax where he says there's a whole lot I don't understand. Yeah. And Coop scoops him into a hug and he says we're all like that. I thought that was such a sweet yeah. moment. Like it's like Coop has a smile on his face when when Harry tells him, "I don't understand." Coop's like, "None of us understand." I loved that moment, and then um, it goes right into this next quote where Hawk says, "I've never seen him like this." He said, "It was like taking a hike to your favorite spot and finding a hole where a lake used to yeah. be," and I loved that image because it's kind of like. Something that you've come to rely on, and then it's completely changed into spot, something right? else. Yeah. yeah, like like you go here all the time, and then all of a sudden it's changed by this grief. And uh, Lemony Snicket in the series of Unfortunate Events, yeah. he had sort of a similar um, uh, quote. He talks about grief being like... Um, uh, you're climbing upstairs, and you go to take a... a a stair that isn't there and mm. your and your leg kind of like shoots through the air and you're and you're kind of caught off balance like that's what grief is like mm. like you thought there was gonna be something there to stand there. on and it's not there like that's what this moment felt like to me and uh coop says a man who doesn't love easily loves too much a good man <laughs> and hawk says the best and harry says keep going <laughs> sweet moment with these guys and it really made me realize how beloved harry truman is amongst these men like and i really i really sad thought about this a long time because re-watching the show with you uh. has given me a new perspective on harry because 
to me, Harry was like a, like if I was making my top 10 and my favorite characters, I'd probably put Harry in there. And then you kind of came along and made me rethink like everything I know about Harry. But I think my love of Harry is informed by these men's love of Harry. Like the fact that Hawk and Coop love him so much makes me love him because I respect Hawk and Coop. Coop is like, or um, Truman is like, the leader of these men, right? Yes. And he's he's stoic, and he's not afraid to do what needs to be done, regardless of... <laughs> of ethics. Of, of ethics, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And we're, we're, our, we're probably to assume, before Coop even showed up, before Laura died, that he, he did things for this town that we don't know about, right? right? Probably not as amazing as, like, finding criminals, because we know Truman's not good at that. But... <laughs> But certainly other things, right? You know, breaking up fights, talking to young kids, you know, like that kind of pillar of the community. What I would love is see Coop get back back on his feet. Or you see Truman get back on his feet again, resume the position of sheriff, and then decide to run for office. (laughs) Against Ben. As Ben's running mate. Oh, love when it. they run for presidency. Horn Truman Horn 2020, Truman. you guys. I, I think I would be Get happy with that. Because printed. we know Truman isn't a big fan of Ben. And Ben wasn't a big fan of Truman. But who knows? Maybe. Maybe these men can learn to maybe, work together. Maybe Ben. I like to imagine Ben's got a long list of people that he's wronged. And probably Truman's on that list, right? He's going to. He better be talking to some young ladies, too, actually. Th- that he's oh, wrong. That he's wrong. Yeah, for sure. I mean that's a big one. I yeah. mean, hopefully, I mean we don't know what happened to One Eye Jacks. If it isn't closed down, hopefully Ben closes it down. Hopefully, you know? yeah. We know he's a big stakeholder there. Yeah. So Man, I love this. I love this um, uh, imaginary presidential ticket we just created. Um, all right, who was your MVP of this episode? <laughs> None other than, big surprise, Mr. Ben Horn. Are you kidding me? <laughs> eating his milk and cookies. Eating his milk and cookies. I, I feel like he truly is a changed man, that he's trying to do better. And I, I'm willing to bet, too, if I was to make predictions down the road, too, is that I'm hoping when we get to the return that he returns and that he is a completely changed person for for the better, for whatever the whatever the conflict of the return is or whatever the thing is that we need to try to resolve that Ben is a... He'll be a, a big, force for good. A big part of it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ben, and he's continued being great and, and I don't know, like... He's I, back I, from the White House. I really liked... Yeah, he's back from the White House. He does it on the side. Like he, 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 he puts his, he puts retired his, to Twin Peaks. He puts his body double, like, in charge. <laughs> there is... um, It's so... There's... I think it's in... I don't know if it's still continuity, but, like, in DC Comics on, like, Earth-23, there is Superman is president. Uh, yeah? And super, in Earth-23, Superman is an African-American man okay. who's also president um, but he's Superman. So no one knows that Superman and the president are the same person. But he has this very advanced robot that when he needs to go off and be Superman, his advanced <laughs> robot that looks like him is the president in the meanwhile. You Ooh, know? There's multiple Earths. Those Earths. It's Earth 23, <laughs> man. That's a good Earth to hang out on. Um, who's your MVP, Miss Tess? Um, I almost gave it to the Pine Weasel. Just because <laughs> I love the hijinks. I hope Dick's nose is okay. Do Probably you? <laughs> 
I really didn't like the way he was leering at those I women. I did not either. He, was like he just... got what he deserved. That pine weasel is a very excellent judge of character. You think the weasel was like, you were disrespectful to those women. I will bite your nose now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ugh. He was like, not on International Women's Day. No, no. That's a good point. I watched it. Actually, I watched it the day after International Women's Day. But still, you should never disrespect women or anyone. Or the pine weasel will bite your nose. <laughs> and don't disrespect the pine weasel neither. No. I don't think he was given it proper respect. No. He didn't um, ask for that kiss. That was a non-consensual kiss. That's, that's from, right. Yeah. That's what's going on Thanks, right Mr. there. Pinkle. <laughs> but I that's my honorable mention. I give it to Pete. Yeah. Because Pete is taking this game so seriously. He's gonna perfect the stalemate. He's reading all of the books. He's playing all of the games. He's trying so hard. And also he's put himself in danger now. Whether he knows it or not, he Wyndham Earl knows something is up. Yeah. And he's gonna start sniffing around and now Pete is in danger and I'm worried about Pete. I yeah, I mean I, I Wyndham Earl is interesting because I just don't know what he's gonna do next, right? And what goofy costume he's gonna wear. <laughs> Next time he's going to show up as a, 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 a juggling clown. And then after that, he's a mime. <laughs> Wyndham Earl. I mean, he's a brilliant man. No one has no idea. No one knows, man. Oh, that was excellent. Now, Eric, how many fish, fish in, in a, a percolator, percolator would you give, give this, this episode? episode? You'd never guess. There was a fish in the percolator. Well, sir. Um, I'll give this episode three fish in a percolator. Okay. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I felt like there wasn't a lot like happening that mm-hmm. much. Um, but it did have some of my favorite parts of Twin Peaks involves like this very serious we need to track this murderer down. But in the meanwhile, I guess we can also teach Andy and Lucy how to play chess, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Or like this, there's really serious things happening, but we have time for this fashion show <laughs> and this weasel running around causing shenanigans. And like, to me, those are some of my kind of favorite kind of feelings in Twin Peaks. Like this weird, like it's serious, but then it gets kind of goofy. And yes. like this kind of blending of, yes. of of feelings and genres. And I give us a, a, a solid three. I, I, I think I would give it more... If, um, I don't know, just. Uh, That's all right. Yeah, you can, you can give it what you feel. My you heart, feel. my heart had three fish inside of it. Okay. No I gave it four fish in mm-hmm. a percolator, mainly for the reasons that you just explained. Like, I love, I, I live for the bizarre moments in Twin Peaks, like, uh, uh, Audrey and Jack kissing amongst the hijinks of the pine weasel or, um, uh, I well, I, and I love that both Major Briggs and the Log Lady have teamed up here. Yeah. I love the the combination of those characters, and I have I feel like a new appreciation for Annie's character upon this particular rewatch that I'm doing because I think I've sort of like judged her character because listen, it's. Episode 17 of season two, and now we're introducing a new character who's apparently going to be the love interest of a very important character in the show. And I think in the past, I've always felt like they just shoe her, shoehorned her in, and I didn't like it. But rewatching this time, I'm seeing 
a connection between her and Coop. I'm seeing this like, hey, we're both... It felt legitimate We're to both me. outsiders yeah. in this town. We're just trying to move on with our lives. We've both Maybe we've both experienced some past trauma. We know that Coop has, and we can infer that Annie has from like the scar that we see and the fact that she's left the convent. Um, <laughs> Coop notices a scar right away. He does, yeah. Doesn't notice Doesn't Winnemarl. notice Winnemarl. <laughs> if Winnemarl was hanging out on Heather Graham's wrist, he would probably know this. So. Again, I like, I like your idea that we must presume... That even though we can see through these costumes, these disguises, that apparently the other people in the town cannot, particularly Coop. Um, but I thought this was a strong uh, episode for for uh, late season two um, shenanigans. I really liked it. How many? This was episode 17, right? Yes. Of season two. How many episodes are there? Total 22, I we believe. We are closing in, We're sister. We're closing in on the end. And I'm very excited about this because when there's we... There's still so much to enjoy. Yeah, there's still so much to enjoy, but like we're closing up. Like To me, finishing up season two... Even though we do have the Fire Walk With Me movie, right? Yes. And like a, a books or some yes. stuff we make. We're going to at least read The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Yeah. But and, maybe some other books. Yeah. And, and we will um, kind of figure that out when we get there. Um, but like this gap between the end of season two and the beginning of the return is what gets me really excited. Yeah. Because that's 25 year gap. Thank you. <laughs> Golden age, sister. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know when you started loving Twin Peaks that it would come back? Absolutely not. I can't imagine. I never thought it was. I can't come imagine back. what was going through your mind. We live in a world where Full House came back. I was flipping my ass when I found out they were coming back. Did like, you think it was fake? I mean, I, I I don't know how many times I've been tricked that the Matrix what, is coming back. You know what I thought? I thought that it was gonna be almost like a cash grab. Like I was like, oh, a lot. This has a cult following. And they're going to bring back all this 90s nostalgia. And 90s nostalgia is kind of cool right now. You know, yes. like nostalgia for... Power Rangers got a movie. Yeah. Right? yeah for yeah. like uh, 80s and 90s in particular, I feel like is kind of trendy right now. And I thought like maybe they're looking around for things to reboot. And then that was the other thing is I was concerned it was going to be a reboot of Twin Peaks. Like, like oh, oh we'll bring back all the old characters. As, but... Like Zac Efron as Coop. <laughs> Like I, because they announced it and they announced like everyone who's going to be involved and they were like, David Lynch is coming back. Kyle McLaughlin's coming back. You know, they announced all these people. That was, I guess that was a little spoiler enough for you. Sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I did see one poster with him. Okay. And well, I won't get into the poster. But. Yeah. You can feel like it might be hard to bring back Twin Peaks without Cooper, but, um, or David Lynch seeing as though he's like the creative control over it. Um, but so they announced this, but then I was concerned it was going to be not, not that you and I don't love the new Star Wars movies, yeah. but I thought it was going to be a little bit like the new Star Wars movies in which like, oh, we've got all your old characters, yeah. but take a look at these new characters, Ray and Finn and The Poe. next generation. Exactly. I thought they were going to try to introduce some sort of next generation stuff, like like this was going to be Tess. Twin Peaks TNG. Tess, tell me if I'm correct about this. I think he had all these ideas about it. Uh-huh. And then David Lynch came around and he said, you don't know what Twin Peaks to return is like. That's exactly Thank what you. happened. Yeah. And so you I, don't I can't I can't wait for you to experience it yeah. because and that was another thing. The experience of watching Twin Peaks the return was it was something. You've done a phenomenal job not telling me or being very cryptic about what you've seen. <laughs> I'm very excited about it, you know. 
I mean, we've got an adventure ahead of us. Well, because also too is when we're watching Twin Peaks, we're watching it through the lens of like what we what we expect from TV shows today. Yeah. So when we have these weird continuity errors or this, we kind of make fun of it. But you're right. Like back then, they weren't held to the same standard as they are now because right. you would just watch a show and then that's probably the one time you ever watch that show. Here's ever. how I feel about Twin Peaks: The Return. I feel like it is an entire separate television show. Than Twin Peaks. I'm excited about. Yeah, this. like I when we get to it in a year and a half. Like when now. I when I talk about it, I don't call it season three of Twin Peaks. I call it the return because yeah. it's a completely different entity, and that's all we'll say about it for now because I don't want well, to. I don't want to hype it too much, and I also don't want to talk too much and maybe give anything away. If a lot of Twin Peaks is influenced by David Lynch, right? Um, twenty, how many years? Twenty years? Twenty five. Twenty five years past. David Lynch is a different person, right? Yeah. You know, he's well, entirely. I mean, I feel like his artistic style has remained pretty consistent. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's a weird guy. We know he's a weird guy. We love him. We love him as weird. Well, we'll ask him about it when, when we, we interview, interview him. him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> to to be announced at a later date, whenever we do that. Um, Eric, thanks so much for doing this podcast with of me. Of course. This has been an absolute pleasure. It's been another great episode. Remember, if you want to join our contest, um, you can email us, samepeaksyall at gmail.com. Every email per episode is a, another entry to win our secret diaries. Yeah. And also, just if you want to just chat with us, you know, be yes. happy to hear from you. Our Twitter account is sameteamyall. Um, or it's at same team, y'all. That's the name of our mother cast that we run where Tess and I talk about uh, stuff that we're loving and hope to usher in a second era of good feelings. Yep. For the whole world. No big deal. And beyond. <laughs> and Bed Bath and beyond. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, friends. Do you have anything to say about the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone just handed me some coffee and uh, whew, it's good and hot. <laughs> Did you not get any coffee? Oh no, I got some too. Yeah, here, drink it. You use this oh, ice cold. Oh, burn my tongue. Burn my so tongue. Hot. Ooh, oh, the <laughs> <laughs>